Have you ever felt alone? Well, I have good news for you. You aren't. Hi, my creative cutie. All I'm gonna say is aliens exist. Today, I mean, we're not alone. And I'm going to be sharing with you why hearing congressmen talk with former military people about aliens made me feel like I could do anything, how to allow life, what to do when you get caught in your creative past, and my top creative lessons I've learned from when we last talked one-on-one. Also, if you're not watching the video, which will be available on Spotify and YouTube, I just need you to know that I'm currently holding a baby Yoda, aka Grogu, and there's an ET, just a floating head in the background. So go and check that visual out because I think it's something that you'll want to see. In the meantime, if you're new here, if you're a longtime listener, welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. And as I said... At the beginning, today we're talking about aliens, allowing life, how to not get caught in your creative past, and my top lessons that I've learned since I last talked to you one-on-one. So first topic of discussion, aliens are real. Um, Might as well just go for it, okay? (laughs) This has been my big thing. When I read that headline, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people who have an awareness of how vast the universe is have thought for a long time, we can't be the only ones here. That just doesn't even make sense. But to hear it discussed at length by very legitimate Congress people on both sides was mind-blowing. I watched the full two-and-a-half-hour presentation. I highly recommend you do, too. And I had been having a hard week leading up to that. (laughs) I had been feeling, I don't know, you know, as a creative, you get in those ruts sometimes where you just feel like, God, is anything I'm doing matters? What path am I even on? Do I really even want what I want? Am I making any headway? Is anyone hearing me? Just one of those kind of moments of questioning. And a little bit of sadness over it, maybe even like wallowing in how I'm feeling. And hearing that there was life somewhere else, for whatever reason, it just took the pressure off me. I was like, you know what? If they like us, great. Maybe they will help us achieve our dreams. Maybe they will help us stop killing and fighting with one another. Maybe they'll help us finally see. I mean, like watching that that Congress meeting, it was truly remarkable. I don't know when we've seen a bipartisan effort like this. And to see people, you know, very strong Republicans, very strong Democrats getting along was kind of remarkable. It's like, okay, I think they know what they're doing. And by they, I mean the aliens, not the Congress people. <laughs> so if they like us, great, because, you know, They could have some deep wisdom that we don't have and help humans stop doing the worst parts of humanity and living up to the best parts. If they don't like us, great, because all the more reason to get started on your project or your life goals, because we could get zapped up tomorrow or down. Who knows where they linger? They said they're in the skies and the seas. So for me, it's like, 
all the things that I had been worried about, like, I'm like, Oh, should I, you know, go further in one direction or should I like invest money into this thing? Or should I put out this project? It's like, literally Lauren, who effing cares? Aliens are real. Like whatever, whatever they want for us or from us, like either it's a good thing, a bad thing or a neutral thing, but like either way, if they like us, I think they're going to help us. If they don't like us, it's all going to be over at some point anyway. So we might as well go for our dreams now. And if they're neutral or just like either way, it just feels good to know that I'm not alone. Like there are potentially, obviously we know that this is true on earth and we should be thinking about this this way anyway. But for some reason with like extraterrestrials, it just made more sense to me that there are potentially millions or billions or zillions, or maybe more than that number. I don't even know what that number would be of other beings in other dimensions who are feeling the same fears, worries, concerns, problems, and love that you are. Like somehow knowing that they exist made my problems feel less intense and more survivable and made me want to live in the moment more. I can't explain it, but it felt like somebody took a brick out of my chest and my head, just knowing that there's some being somewhere else who know we exist and now we're getting to know they exist. And that made me even think about like, I wonder if on alien news they're like, the earthlings finally figured out that we're here. I don't know. It just, it gave me a weird sense of peace in my heart. So, so anyway, long story short, I think no matter what, this is a good sign for us and a sign that now is the time to unleash because when they get here, don't you want to show them your artwork? Don't you want to show them this cool new thing you invented? Don't you want to show them your music and sing for them and sing with them? Maybe they sing like, I can only imagine what an alien song sounds like. Like I'd love to collab with one. Uh, a lot of my friends who are astrologers are saying this is very Aquarius of me that I'm getting so excited about this, but yeah, like I am, uh, duh. Um, but here's the thing. There was a lot of apathy around the fact that potentially millions or billions or zillions of other life forms in other galaxies exist. And I understand that earth has a lot of problems and I have been the first one in the past to be like, screw space exploring. Like we have problems on earth, but to me, this is different. And to me, this is exciting and brings me great optimism and hope and a flicker of light in my, in my chest and in my gut. And again, I understand there's a lot of things that are wrong with the earth, but I truly do not understand how you could get this information and not be in awe. And it kind of brought me to this other thought that I've seen pervading society, which is, it seems like we live in an age where optimism is viewed as a character flaw. And I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I want to make it clear that if you're a person who believes the best possible outcome and even magic is possible, you are not stupid. You are brave. You are awake to how big life is. I'm not saying you should be blindly optimistic. I think true optimism, what I call angsty optimism, is acknowledging all the bad and all the problems that exist while also maintaining a belief in your deepest, most true spirit that magic and beauty is possible. 
looking at what's wrong, but also believing that it can be fixed. And to me, these potential other beings from another dimension felt like, it felt like a jolt of optimism through my whole body that I haven't felt in a really long time. And it felt like the first time in a really long time that I felt comfortable to be boldly optimistic and put myself out there. I mean, if you follow me on socials, you know, I've been, every other post is about aliens right now. Um, Also, just a little side note, something I think you should know about me is when I was a little girl and to this day, E.T. was and is my favorite movie. And when I was a little girl, I used to tell my mom, E.T. came and visited me in my closet. And I called my mom that day and I'm like, mom, I think he did. Because, you know, there's that scene in E.T. where they're in the closet. I think that's where I got it from. Either that or he was literally there. Who knows? Anything is possible. We live in a world of limitless possibilities. And, yeah, I guess the button on this is if you are an optimist, don't let the world make you think you're stupid. If you were apathetic by learning that millions, billions, or zillions or more of other life forms exist in the world, I challenge you to really, like, look at yourself and ask why you couldn't find any excitement or joy or optimism around that. If it's just that there are screwed up things on earth, I challenge you to hold both realities that earth is screwed up and hard and painful. And there's a lot of things happening that should not be happening here. And we need to work on that. And to believe that this is like a magical, incredible moment and it can give you a glimmer of hope and we can use the magic of this moment to start to actually not cure, but work on some of our planet's problems and bring greater unity to the human race. So stop shitting on the optimists. We're the ones holding this country together. (laughs) Okay. I'm taking off my jacket. Woo. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, kind of like what got me into that place where I was before I found out the aliens exist, feeling really down and feeling like, you know, just in one of those moments where you're not sure if you're on the right track in life. I got caught in my creative past. About two weeks ago, I was out with my friends in Beverly Hills. And let me just take you through what happened. Beverly Hills gives me douche chills sometimes. I don't think people are still saying that, but I'm going to say it. It gives me like a creepy feeling. Like I feel so uncomfortable there. I feel like everyone's judging me. I feel like everyone's watching me. I think a good portion of this is a me thing. Like there's a part of me that doesn't feel good enough to be in Beverly Hills, but there's also a portion that's true and people are judgy and weird and kind of stuffy there. So just like baseline, I don't love going there. But it was a good place for me and a couple of my friends to meet up to go to dinner. And so I was hyping myself up. And even as I was like walking up to the place we were going to dinner and I was listening to Lisa Weinert, who we just had on the podcast talking about narrative healing. And I was taking in what she said, which is like when you're feeling disconnected from your body, be like, I have a body. I have a body. So like I was really trying to ground into the earth and like be present in the moment even as I was walking in. And the minute I walked into the restaurant, I just got like this tight feeling in my chest, like something was wrong. And we got in 
Everything was kind of okay. We ordered a drink. I mean, this part was amazing. I got a drink and a little donkey mug, which you may not know this, but donkeys are my favorite animal. I think they're the kindest, sweetest, most beautiful animals. So that really tickled me. But we sat down at the table and then the waiter had weird vibes and both of my friends that I was with like really didn't like his vibes. I thought he was okay, but then as the night went on, it got weirder and weirder and I really saw what they were talking about. So there was a weird energy there. I just like altogether like did not, feel good between the thing about Beverly Hills, whatever energy was in that restaurant and then the waiter and then the vibes like that were building upon the waiter getting weirder and weirder. I just kind of like collapsed in on myself. And I finally said to my friends, listen, I feel so weird being here. I, I just want to be really honest with you. I always feel weird in Beverly Hills. I thought maybe I was like past it, but the minute I walked into this place, I didn't feel good. When I shared that with them, it kind of like released and then I was able to move on and have dinner and whatever. But they wanted to go out and keep hanging out and maybe dance and have more drinks. And I just, I wasn't feeling good. So I said, you know what? Let's walk to my car and then I'm going to drive you to wherever you want to go next. And I'm going to head out because I just, I don't, something's not right. I don't feel right. But we walked out and they were like, wait, we're going to go this way. Why don't you just come with us? And I didn't trust myself in this moment. You know, key number one, if your body's telling you no, listen, you, you're not wrong, you know? But I was like, you know, I really, I did want to spend more time with them. I was like, maybe I'll feel better. And in that moment, I had like a little jolt because we got outside away from the restaurant, away from the weird energy. So we started walking, but then my feet started hurting. And then they brought up this place that Years ago, before I even started my career in LA in media, I had auditioned at to sing. And it's actually called, do I want to name check them? No, I won't name check them. But it's like, you can put two and two together. It's like the most, one of the most exclusive steakhouses in Beverly Hills. And I had auditioned there back before I really made any money, when I was really solely just pursuing music and I was so excited about the audition and I was really feeling like this could be a great thing for me because it paid really well. And, you know, maybe I could quit one of my three jobs at the time and just go for this. And I auditioned and the guy who auditioned me just made me feel so small and I didn't get it. I never even told anyone that I auditioned there or that I didn't get it because I don't know. It's weird. Even back then, there was a part of me that was like so humiliated by that. And I thought at the time, you know, I can't even get a bar gig. So how am I going to make it in this industry? And I had kind of like squared that away. There's some creative pain points that we deal with and there's some we don't. I never cried over this. I never, But I remember feeling humiliated and really small and bad about myself. But at that time, I just bottled it up didn't think much about that place, had been invited to that place a couple of times. Like I even have a good friend that like sings there from time to time, but I just can't, I, I never wanted to go back. And I, I, I guess somehow I never put two and two together that there was still some activation there. And so my friend brings up, we're going to go there. I mentioned like briefly, like, oh, I auditioned there, but I didn't get it. And as we walk in, we walk up to the front desk and then the guy, we ask the guy at the front desk, hey, is there live music upstairs? And the guy says, yes, but not for you. 
which is interesting. Put a pin in that. We walk upstairs and the girl who's singing is fantastic. She's singing, um, what is the song? She's singing Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. And I start to notice my body clenching again, clamming up and clenching. And I, my feet are hurting. I'm starting to feel a little like shortness of breath. I start feeling really, really, really weird. And I can't pretend like these are two of my best friends that I'm with. I can't pretend like, yeah, everything's great. Two thumbs up for rock and roll. And they were saying some nice things about her voice. Of course, it wasn't to trigger me. Uh, she was a really good singer. But then I'm starting to like get into the story of like, I'm not even good enough to sing in a bar. I'm not even good enough to sing in a bar. And I just started feeling so small like I did when I first moved here. You know, I didn't know anyone. I moved here completely on my own. All I had was like a dream in my heart. And for some reason, it was was so hard to get through. And it really took me back to that time when I felt so bad and so small. And I think I, I had a little mini panic attack. And I got up and I'm like, you guys, I'm sorry. Like I felt insane, but I'm like, I'm sorry. I think I need to leave. Like I, I really don't feel good right now. Anyway, I got in an Uber to my car because we had walked like 15 minutes away from my car and then drove home and like fully melted down on the drive home. And I think a big part of why this happened was I never fully let myself feel the disappointment from this. And I never, I don't know. I, I think that I just like, I'm not typically one to completely bottle things up but I think this is something that was just unprocessed. The interesting thing is sometimes your brain is stuck in a moment and you don't even know it until you're triggered, right? So it's like my brain was stuck in 2014 or 2015, whenever this was, and I needed a software upgrade to remember everything that happened to me since that creative heartbreak moment. And it just took me back there. So when I brought this up to my therapist, I wanted to take you back to the guy at the front desk who said, yeah, there is live music up there, but not for you. She said to me, what if that man was like your angel? And he was telling you that to bring this up to the forefront so that you could finally deal with it. Because that's an interesting way to say it. Yes, there's live music up there, but not for you. By the way, my friend who I went with, who's amazing and ballsy was like, why would you say that to us? <laughs> but anyway, it was a really interesting moment. And what my therapist had me do in that moment, if you have something like this, whether it's creative or life, it's easy to be right back where you were when the heartbreak happened or when you were in your darkest moment if you're triggered somehow. But what my therapist had me do that was so great was she had me go through everything that's happened since then. She said, go through everything significant that has happened since then to remind your brain that you are not the same person you were when you auditioned and got rejected there. And so I went through everything, good and bad. I went through all the music I've put out, the jobs I've had, the breakup I went through, the, the love I found with Timmy, the fact that I bought my condo. Like I am a completely different person from eight or nine years ago. And yet my brain and my heart were still back in that moment where I felt like I had nothing and was worthless. And, and that wasn't true then, but it's really not true now. <laughs> As far as how much I've even grown, like spiritually, emotionally, the therapy I've done. So anyway, 
Sometimes you just need a software upgrade and you need to let yourself feel the disappointment that you hadn't felt yet or the pain or whatever it is. And I thought it was important to share that story because it was a huge, huge revelation for me. And talking about time and feeling and changing over time, I want to talk about allowing life. So I have this incredible friend and her name is Mitra. She's been on the podcast. She is one of my greatest spiritual teachers and just an angel to me. And um, she reached out to me the other day and we hadn't talked in a long time and we got to talking and she shared something with me, which as you know, if you've been listening for a while, the biggest thing I've been working on (laughs) since it feels like forever at this point, but for about a year and a half has been detaching my worth from my accomplishments. So detaching how I feel about myself and my creativity from how it is received out in the world by from how many downloads or likes it gets from anything other than how it feels to put it out. And it's hard because like I still, I want to be completely transparent with you. I still a hundred percent want everything I want. I still want my music to be heard by millions of people. I still want this podcast to be heard by millions of people. And it's already heard by thousands. That's so cool. But like, I want it to go out to as many people as it can. I want to connect with as many people as I can. I want to have this huge impact. But what I'm really trying to get my brain, my body, and my soul to understand is that if it doesn't have that impact, number one, just having done it is enough. That's my legacy, as is all of our creative output. And number two, who you are is the best thing about you. So to remember who I am on the inside is more important than anything out. Like all the stuff outside of you can be stripped from you, including our relationships, which is terrifying. But the inside of us is kind of all we have. And in my opinion, also my relationship with God, like those, those two things, that's, that's what I can count on. Everything else is fleeting. So Mitra, out of the clear blue sky, after I've had this like weird thing happen in the past week and I'm kind of having this moment of what am I doing with my life again? I'm starting to ask people like literally on the street that I see, I'm like, what do you think I should do? Which actually can kind of be a good question if you're lost. It's just interesting to get people's gut reaction. I digress. When I'm on the phone with Mitra, she tells me that finally in her 60s, I believe she just turned 60, She fully has peace and inner knowing that all of that stuff doesn't matter, that her work matters and that who she is matters and her relationship with God matters. But whether or not it's ever received, whether or not she ever gets this like insane level of fame, it truly doesn't matter to her. She has peace in her heart. And I was like, well, that was interesting timing. (laughs) Well, with Mitra, it always is because she is just connected spiritually and and to me. So it was interesting, though. She told me that she struggled with it for years, like all the way up until this age she's at now. She said, you know, I got it a little bit in my 30s. I got it a little bit in my 40s. I got it a lot more in my 50s. And now I just have this deep knowing that 
if any of that happens, fine. But if it doesn't, I just have such a profound peace in my heart. And this thing Mitra always says, which I think is so interesting. She says, the best poets, nobody knows. The most powerful healers are like teaching in a small, you know, village somewhere. The, the best singers are like, we don't know who they are. I guess there's a part of me that just can't live with that injustice. Like, I just don't think it's fair. Even thinking about, I have so many talented friends. It like, it breaks my heart that they are not seen more. You know, I just don't think it's right. And maybe this is part of the injustice of the world. And then the eternal optimist in me that always thinks it's possible. Like this is the antithesis that I have to find a way to balance. But she's right. Like there are so many unbelievably talented people who the masses don't know. But if you can find a way to do your work and have peace in your heart, then you kind of have it all. And so a few things from that. I think I've been being really hard on myself that while I think I have learned this lesson like 25% of the way, which is incredible because prior to a year and a half, I was like negative percents. Like I wanted the things I wanted so badly. I felt like if I didn't get them, I was going to die. So I think I'm in a much better place now. But what Mitra's story did was release me from feeling like I have to have it all figured out in this moment. I know that I can be honest with you and tell you, I think I have it 25% of the way. No, like I know it and it's in my body 25% of the way. But there's a big part of me that still has that deep ambition and need to be seen. And I also know that that's not healthy, but it's there. So I can't lie about it. And I'm really looking forward to whatever that day is that I have that peace in my heart that Mitra has because that is the way. Mitra also said this amazing thing to me, which I've, again, I've been going back and forth and asking people, what do you think I should do? And I didn't even ask Mitra what she thought I should do because, you know, I think I've been talking about on the podcast for a long time. I do so many different things. I love being a multi-hyphenate. It is one of my passions in life. I think everybody should do all the creative things they want to do, but pursuing them concurrently can be maddening. And I also think it disperses how effective you are and your creative output because you're, you're putting, you know, I mean, it's like the difference between raising an only child and raising many kids, not to say that you shouldn't, if you want to raise many kids, but you do have to disperse your energy in different ways. And so sometimes I think, should I have an only creative child or at least just two? <laughs> um, you know, I'm really outnumbered right now. You know, I've got like five different creative babies. So I've been contemplating that a lot. Like, should I be really honing in and niching down a bit? And I didn't even ask Mitra about this because I don't know. She just always tells me something wise. So I don't really have to ask her so many questions, but she told me she had this vision of me. I guess I'll share it with you. She had a vision of me having a talk show, which I already have, obviously, Unleash as a talk show, but she said she saw me on TV. And something about hearing that from her, it felt true. Now, who knows? Like, anything is possible. I hope it was an intuition she had, and I hope it went from her third eye to God's plans. Um, although maybe God sent it down to her. We don't know. We don't know. Anything's possible. See, that's why you got to be an optimist. But it felt really 
true and exciting and expansive and it opened me up. And who knows how that would happen. I don't have any idea how I would make that pivot at this point in my life. But it felt like something to listen to and something to start paying attention to and just imagining. So sometimes it just takes the right messenger for something to finally feel sound and true. Another little thought on this, because Mitra actually called me that morning because I posted my version of Ave Maria, which I sang for my godfather who recently passed away. Um, Actually, his birthday is August 3rd. So coming up, my grandma's birthday is today, the day I'm recording, July 31st. But Mitra called me because of this Ave Maria that I sang at my uncle's funeral. And it's interesting because I've been staying open to music taking different forms in my life. So, you know, for so long, I wanted it to just be my original pop rock songs. And that felt like the only way that music could or should happen for me. And I'm still very open to that. I love writing rock, pop, soul music. But I must admit, I never feel freer vocally than when I'm singing opera or children's music, (laughs) which was not what I expected. I mean, in, in high school, I sang opera and it was great. But now seeing like all the different genres I've dabbled in, I've dabbled in opera. I've dabbled in I mean, I haven't dabbled. I like was deep in the musical theater world for most of my life. I've done pop. I've done rock. I've done, I've tried my hand at folk. I I've done children's now I've done, you know, soul and R and B. And I, I really think the thing that I feel freest with is opera. It's just like easy. And like people, people just feel it. And the same thing I can say about this children's music I've been working on it was easy. It felt like breathing. Writing it was so quick. And I started thinking like, what if I could also write opera music? And then Mitra also had this potential opportunity with somebody that she knows that casts opera. And she's like, I'll put you in touch with them. Maybe you could audition for them sometime. So it's amazing. Sometimes it's the things that you didn't see coming. It also is interesting because it kind of goes back to my origins. You know, I watched these videos when I was little, maybe you did too, called Sillyville. And they were amazing. And they were all children's songs. And there were all kinds of different ones. There was one was like, my mommy comes back. She always comes back. She never would forget me, which I used to listen to because I would cry every time my mom went to work. (laughs) Um, But like, it was so cute. And we watch it over and over and over again. It was my favorite thing when I was little, that and E.T. And it's just interesting that now I'm writing children's music and like my music could be that for a little kid. It's very exciting. I'm always talking about the inner child. I think that's interesting. The other interesting thing is opera started in ding, 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 Italy. Who's Italian here? Me, not you, E.T. You know you're from space. Don't deny it anymore. So I think that's interesting. Like my two origins. Italian heritage and Sillyville slash children's music. It's not what you'd expect, but somehow I'm getting back to basics through these two genres in this weird way. Okay, here we go. Final topic. Okay, so these are some rapid fire creative lessons that I've learned or relearned in the last month. First one, sometimes 
Bigger platforms are not the better ones. Does that make sense? Sometimes the bigger platforms are not better. Okay. So if you follow me or Unleash Your Inner Creative on Instagram, you know my Lauren LaGrasso account has a lot more followers than my Unleash Your Inner Creative account. It's like, I think the Lauren LaGrasso one has like 25,000. The Unleash Your Inner Creative one has like 1,300. But what's interesting is from the two pages, the Unleash Your Inner Creative page sometimes gets more engagement and for sure gets more conversion. Meaning if I say, hey, go check out this episode, go check out this link. Would you support this thing I'm doing? So many more people go ahead and do the thing than when it's on my Lauren LaGrasso page. And I just think that's interesting because to me it shows, well, it shows a bunch of different things. Probably one is that like the Unleash Your Inner Creative page is more consistent. It's almost always about the podcast. So people kind of know what to look out for there and are more engaged with it probably because they know what they're getting more. That's my analytical perspective. The other one is it doesn't matter. Your numbers really don't matter. It's about what people are doing. So if you have a higher percentage of people who support you, even though your numbers aren't as big, it really matters not. It's about the people who are going to travel with you from platform to platform or creation to creation, not about the total number. So it's about, it's about the support you get, not the numbers, if that makes sense. And I just have been astounded that like, it's like three times higher the conversion rate on Unleash Your Inner Creative versus Learn the Grasso, which if you follow me on Learn the Grasso, show up for me, baby. But <laughs> I also get it. And it was just like a good reminder for me that like numbers can be deceiving. It's really more about whether someone's willing to go the extra mile to support you and convert. Okay, next one. Don't forget about what helps you. I have recently gotten back to yoga. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me that I ever forget how much yoga helps me? Every time I do yoga, I grow. I'm a better person. I'm a happier person. Feel more at home in my body. My body gets so toned so fast. It just responds well to yoga. I feel so accomplished. I feel just like I have my words more at the front of my head versus floating out in space somewhere and trying to grab them down. It is probably the simple greatest life hack that I have. And yet this has been my pattern with yoga get obsessed with it for two to three months and then stop doing it for two years. And I'm just really hoping <laughs> that this time I don't do that again. So hold me accountable because this has been incredible. I mean, the greatest thing now is I don't even have to go to a class. I can take live classes online and I'm doing them about two to three times a week. And it has been so life-changing. I will say for me personally, and I don't know what your learning style is like, I'm an energetic learner. And so I don't get nearly as much out of something that is pre-taped. Doing these classes live has been extraordinarily helpful to me because I'm still getting the feeling as if I'm in a class, but I don't have that high barrier to entry of getting to the class. I do, once I get in the swing of things and, and I'm like consistent with this for a couple months, want to go back to in-person classes. But for me right now, like this has been crucial 
to getting back to yoga and doing it more often. And whatever your yoga is, get back to it. And maybe your yoga will be yoga. (laughs) But for me, it's been incredible to increase creativity. Like even just the thoughts that come down while we're in yoga class, it's It just helps you really appreciate your body too. I can't say enough good things about it. Yoga is my soulmate. Next lesson. This might seem like a dead giveaway, but unfortunately for me, it hasn't been in the past couple years. I've gotten into a terrible habit where I have like almost zero silence a day. So no matter what I'm doing, I'll take my phone and I'll put on a podcast. I'll put on music. I'll put on The Office. I'm almost never without sound. And that's just not healthy. How am I going to allow thoughts to come down and to generate new creative energy when all I'm doing all day is taking in other people's energy? You know what we've talked about, creative debt. When you're taking in so much creative energy from other people, you don't have any creativity left to spend. So a small effort I've been making lately, which has been tremendously helpful, has been showering without sound. Shower without sound. If you usually listen to a podcast, if you usually listen to music, shower without sound. See what you learn, hear. I mean, songs have been coming to me, ideas for podcasts, ideas for writing that I want to do. Also, just it's good to kind of get a take on where are you in life? You know, if you're always listening to someone else talking, you don't have much of a chance to hear your own voice and hear where you are. So that's been great. I've even been driving without sound. I drove home today from an appointment I had and didn't play the radio, didn't play my podcast, didn't play music. It was really good to hear my own voice. Oh my God, that just reminded me of something so embarrassing, but I'm going to share it with you. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of driving home without sound, I was like, In the moment, I was zen. You could say I was a little too present because here's what happened. I stopped and got a coffee, drove up to what I thought was the exit of the parking lot I was in. And all of a sudden, this like runner comes by. By the way, it was like 90 something degrees. I think it was almost 99 degrees today in LA. I don't know. It was hot. This runner comes by and he's like, doing all these weird hand signals to me. And he's like saying like, back up. And I'm like, I'm trying. But then he like, he ran behind me. So I was really confused. And then all these people are like honking at me as they go by. I'm like, why are people being so rude? This is bizarre. LA is going crazy. (laughs) Then all of a sudden this nice like lady who's with her daughter and they're both like really signaling to me and they're honking. And I'm like, people are acting so weird. And then I realized, oh my God, Lauren, you're not at the exit. You're on the sidewalk about to go over a massive curb. I don't know how, I don't know what was wrong with me. Again, maybe I was too present in this moment, but um, I was about to wreck my car and all those people were trying to help me. And I think that this is like a really good lesson for us that sometimes we think people are hurting us and being rude to us when really what they're doing is teaching us, or even in some instances like this one, trying to save us from making a massive mistake that will cost us dearly. And I think that happens metaphorically in a lot of different ways, but this one was pretty literal. I was humiliated after because what could make you feel like a bigger idiot than that? But 
I also was so grateful at those people's kindness. They all took time out of their day to be like, bitch, back up. <laughs> and that they saved me. And I'm, I'm so grateful for them. If you're listening and you saw me, thank you. I'm so embarrassed, but I'm so grateful. Okay, next. Go back to what you loved as a child and see if it still holds up for you. So obviously this is something I brought up with the children's music. That's been fun to see how that's played out in my creativity. But I even mean creative projects you loved as a child and see if you can figure out why you liked them when you were little and how it kind of gave you clues as to who you'd be. So the thing I've been doing this with is the TV show I Dream a Genie. I'm, I'm revealing so much of my inner world to you today. It feels good to get this off my chest. But when I was little, my favorite TV show was I Dream of Jeannie, a show that premiered, I think, 25 or 30 years before I was born. So I was kind of always a throwback as a human. <laughs> um, so that's just like an interesting fact. But I was really curious because it I was able to watch recently and it was really interesting to see. I, I get why I liked it. Okay. First of all, it's like mystical and magical. She's a genie. She can grant any wish. It's all pink and like velvety and fun and chiffon and like everything I love. I mean, I, I always say like, I want to make my condo look like a cupcake. So it's all that. And what I love about it is while in some ways you could look at it just straight up, I mean, she's like calling her like the guy she serves, like that she's a genie for master. So like, yeah, there's some things that are fucked up and like very anti-feminist, but in this other weird way, it's extremely pro-feminist because he's always commanding her to do these things, but she never does them and just always does what she wants to do anyway. And I think that's amazing and I think it's amazing that like he could not contain her power. No matter what he tried, every time she would do what she felt was right. And there was nothing he could do to contain her power. And I like to think that the little me was very interested in people who would be big, regardless of the, the constraints other people were putting on them. But also it's just a really fun show. <laughs> And I think I had a great taste. I think I had great taste as a child. I also think it's why I always felt so different. Like I was watching things like I thought that was a modern show. I was watching things that were from like years ago and thinking that it was like present day. And um, I mean, I was obsessed with I Dream a Genie to the point where for my seventh birthday, we had an I Dream a Genie birthday party. And my mom, the like creative genius she is, designed our living room like Genie's bottle. It was incredible. So anyway, I highly recommend go back to something you love when you were a kid that you haven't watched in a long time. And I literally have not watched I Dream a Genie in 20 years or more. So go back and watch what you loved as a child and see if you still love it, if it holds up, if you can figure out some clue about who you are or who you were then and who you'd become from watching it and try to figure out why you loved it. Okay, final two. Only listen to teachers who teach you to hear your own inner knowing. If someone claims they're a guru who has it all figured out, run. So I had this thought when I was in yoga class and I was thinking about how basically like the teacher was telling me to do something, but I still did what felt right to my body. So I wasn't, it was like 
this thing where you're supposed to like flip over it. And I, it just didn't feel good. So I amended it and made it right for my body. And I had this thought, especially with like having a podcast that is in the self-improvement area, which I don't even like that, like self-improvement. It's like self-evolution is what I would call this genre, but they don't have that on Apple Podcasts. So that's what I'm stuck with. So, but having a podcast that is meant to help people towards self-evolution, self-love, self-trust, and self-knowledge, I want you to listen to me only enough so that you can listen to yourself. And if it ever transcends into this point where you're like, well, Lauren said, da, 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 da. I don't want that. I want you to take what I say, figure out how it applies to you, how it helps you know, love and trust yourself more, and then move on. And that's what I want all my teachers to do. I don't want to keep going to people who like make me freaked out that if I don't follow these five methods, I'm going to die. Only trust people who teach you to trust yourself. That's, I'm going to keep that one short and sweet. And here's my final message. If you are going after your dreams, no matter where you are on your journey, just remember you are brave. What I actually have written down is you're a brave bitch because you are. But it is so hard in a world that encourages us to fit into a small box and stay in line and keep your head down and don't do anything that makes people look at you or question you or that's a risk in any way to do something that steps out of the norm. And so if you have chosen that life, regardless of where you are on your path, you are so brave and so admirable. And my wish for every single human being and alien is that they can choose this path, whatever their dream is. It doesn't matter what their dream is, that everybody has the privilege to pursue their dream because it is a privilege to pursue your dream, but it is also a bravery. So if you have chosen to go after something that is difficult, that isn't promised, that is heart-centered, you are so very brave and I'm grateful you exist in this world or in outer space. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so deeply and I'm so grateful to have you as part of this creative community. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend, post about it on social media, Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Thank you, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. I love you. My wish for you this week is that you lead with your heart, aren't afraid to be an optimist if that's what you feel, and remember how brave you are, how deeply, deeply brave you are, and hear your own voice above well I mean you want to like take other people to into account but really hear your own voice and honor your own voice because that's what's going to help the world evolve in this next phase we're in a new paradigm is coming aliens are here what else is possible I love you thanks for helping me unleash <laughs>